This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So, Bree, I remember this one time I was in a bike race around Tucson, and uh, I wasn't paying attention. We were riding down 4th Avenue, and there's railroad tracks, like street track tracks, and my bike's tire like went and wedged in to the railroad tracks, no. and I totally fell down and just like skinned my hands, everything. Ugh. I had nothing with me, nothing at all. And it's that times where you want a first aid product and you have nothing. And <laughs> active skin repair utilizes a molecule called hypochlorous acid. When applied to the skin, the molecule works by mimicking the natural immune response to cleanse, soothe irritation, reduce inflammation, and support healing. I've used it on my son's mosquito bites, and I wish I would have had it the time I totally scraped up my hands. Oh, I hear you. Like whenever I go paddleboarding, kayaking, I'm always trying to find something that is like an all-in-one that I can take with me. And active skin repair could be used like that. It can be used to treat cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, which makes it suitable for all skin types, all parts of the body, like eczema and acne-prone skin, all of that. With over 500,000 happy customers, thousands of five-star reviews, and ingredients so safe and clean they can be used from the youngest member of the family to the oldest, you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs. Visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order. Use code NOGUILT. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom podcast. I am your host, Joanne Crone, joined here by my amazing co-host, Brie Tucker. Well, hello, hello, everybody. How are you? (laughs) So in this podcast, we really want to help you love being a mom again. And today's episode with KJ Delantonia, we talk about the busyness we feel as moms. Right. And it's insane because it feels like, and we talked about this in the episode, how being busy is almost like a badge of honor with moms, right? It is. Yeah, it is. Like so many times, like if I'm not busy, if I am, say, sitting on the couch watching uh, Grey's Anatomy on Hulu and I'm relaxed and I'm totally happy, I feel guilty. Yeah, I don't. I'll admit I don't get I do get the guilt sometimes, but more so with me because I'm a little bit absent minded. Mm-hmm. I kind of run into the oh, crap. What did I forget? Oh, I'm really? not supposed to have downtime. What did I forget? And and sometimes there is nothing, right? You know, yeah. and then maybe that's where it falls into the guiltiness. Like maybe that's my mind trying to make me feel guilty. Maybe. Although I'll, I'll be honest, 75% of the time I forgot something. <laughs> <laughs> so we are working to feel less guilty just like you are. Uh, and KJ Delantonia really wants parents with her last book, How to Be Happier as a Parent, to stop using busy as that badge of honor and actually right. enjoy the time with our kids. Right. Find the fun again. Like I, I really, really loved her book, um, How to Be Happy your parent because and not only was it well written very funny but she gave so many great practical tips that was like okay toss out the busyness and try this mm-hmm. see if this works and and then she gave many examples of of how it did help make things better and helped her to enjoy being a mom again which is you know i think something that we're always striving for yeah and uh, KJ actually has something else notable that happened to her very, very recently. She wrote her first fiction debut novel, The Chicken Sisters, which released on December 1st. And that exact same day of release, it was chosen for Reese Witherspoon's book club for December, which is 
unbelievable. So if you want to get to know KJ more, The Chicken Sisters is out right now. Uh, but today we're going to be talking about how to be a happier parent. And KJ is the former editor and lead writer of the Motherload blog at the New York Times and the co-host of the Hashtag Am Writing podcast, who she co-hosts, one of her co-hosts is Jessica Leahy, who was on episode 13. I help, And she helps people recognize that our happiness as parents is more about how we ourselves behave and react, not about our circumstances. So we hope that you enjoy our conversation with KJ. Hey, elves. How about you bring something special this season? And I'm talking to you, elf on the shelf elves. Wink, wink. So we see you wrapping yourself in toilet paper. We see you stuffing your head in boxes of cereal and climbing the Christmas tree. And it's time to add a little bit of positivity to your hijinks. The Sibling Adventure Pack will give your kids 14 missions with pre-planned activities to encourage sibling fun this holiday season. And elves, it'll give parents ideas on what to do with you. So here's what you get inside this Adventure Pack. You get 14 challenges that encourage your kids to work together and play. And kids keep busy without parents needing to plan massive amounts of activities for them. So parenting win. And you can get your sibling adventure pack on the link we have in the show notes. And let's start the show. You want mom life to be easier. That's our goal too. Our mission is to raise more self-sufficient and independent kids. And we're going to have fun doing it. We're going to help you delegate and step back. Each episode, we'll tackle strategies for positive discipline, making our kids more responsible and making our lives better in the process. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom podcast. Hey, KJ, we are so happy to have you with us on the No Guilt Mom podcast. And we love your viewpoint that you think that happier parents are better parents and better people. We couldn't agree more. Well, thank you. Yes. So can you tell us a little bit about how you got into this field of really helping parents be happier with the parenting life? So I was a a parenting journalist and a a family journalist, you know, all about how politics and policy and society and culture affect parents and families for a long time. And then I took over the Motherload blog at the New York Times, and I was doing the same work there. And at the same time there, I was also editing other, uh, other journalists and other writers and other parents. And, um, so not only was I working with those people, but I was also reading the, the submissions. So if you have an open section for essays in the parenting world, you are pretty much bound to be uh, inundated, inundated. Yes, there are a lot of people who would, you know, who would like to write parenting essays for the New York Times. And I've read them all and mm. uh, you know, published some. And what became super, super clear to me was that we were sort of collectively really, really stressed and really, really not happy about this thing that most of us had worked so very hard to create. And I totally count myself among that number. Um, When I started this, I had 
four kids uh, under the age of, like they were like 12 and under. I had a full-time job. My partner has a full-time job. We had a house, we had pets, we had sports, we have all the things. And, you know, every day was just sort of a, you know, get up, get your skates on, get going. And then at the end of the day, we'd just argue about who had it worse. So I really was not happy being there myself. And I knew that a lot of the people around me were also not happy. Yeah. And I, I see that a lot too in the parenting world, how it does feel like you just get up, you go through the routine throughout your day. And then when your partner comes home, if you are parenting with a partner, you do like kind of compare war stories about, Oh my gosh, this happened today with the kids or this happened today. And it's just this constant, like no joy. And you mentioned like the parenting books that have come out recently and the titles, like the one that you said in your book, all joy and no fun was that. <laughs> yes. That, and that, how that kind of describes modern motherhood. Yeah, it really does. And we, 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 um, we fall into it as a mindset as well. I think it's not just that it is what is happening. It's also sort of become the, the way to talk about it. You know, it's all mommy needs a martini. It's all swear word kids. It's all that. Yeah, stuff. Right. Like, yeah. That's the way that's the cool way to think about it. And um, it's not a super helpful way to think about it. No, it, it's not it a super adds, helpful. It adds to the stress and it, it makes you feel like that, that if you're not stressed, you're not, you know, you're not in a normal state for a parent, which. Yeah. And it's mo- using busy, I think as a badge of honor, it's saying like, if mm-hmm. I'm so hectic and I'm so busy, then, oh my gosh, I must be doing it right. And I must be like rocking this whole motherhood thing when really you're just kind of miserable. Yeah. Well, I, I loved, loved, loved your book. It was, it was very funny, very well written because I also feel like when it comes to parenting books, like they can be a, a little dry, a little, yeah. a little heavy sometimes with, because there is so much information to share and there, there is. is so much research out there. Like we have so much information that's given to us, but again, I just keep coming back to your book. I laughed out loud so many times. Uh, like I love your chapter too chores, more fun if somebody else does them, <laughs> mainly your kids. <laughs> chapter, what was it? Chapter five was like homework, more fun when it's not yours. Again, very true because like last time I checked, I finished school. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know. Done that. Been there. Let's get into your book a little bit because I love how you structured it, how you took these common complaints and common areas that like parents struggle with, like the mornings and like with chores and like with sibling drama. And you gave like really realistic ways that parents can take control and become like happier people during all these things. So it's particularly with mornings because you have a very interesting situation in your house. Can you tell us about that? Uh, well, while I was, things have changed, you know, this, I wrote the book when my kids were younger and that's also been a couple of years and you know how it is with kids, things change mm-hmm. very, oh, yeah. very quickly. But when I was writing the book, we were getting up every morning, um, an hour early and going to, uh, our, the horse barn that we helped to run and doing morning horse chores every day, uh, the one thing that it guaranteed, it guaranteed two things. The first was that we would be late for the horse chores, but the second was that we would actually be on time for school because we were already out and mm-hmm. everyone had a great deal of incentive to, you know, to get in the car and get going for, so for a couple of years there, we had sort of a perfect, perfect tardiness record. It was very impressive, but we didn't really, because we were constantly late, you know, to the first place that, that we were going. So that was definitely, um, 
that was a sort of a weird interval in the the parenting and kid life. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't all do those now. We're, the kids are teenagers, so now the kids go down, and the ones that go down actually get paid. And it's a anyway. The, the circumstances have changed a little bit from the days when I was booting everyone out of the house and frantically screaming at them um, that they they are booting themselves out of the house these days. I've got a driver, and she drives the others to school, and it's like a miracle. Which can we say is the dream, right? Like you have right to the dream. That is a success. That and when is I say I have success. a driver, it's the child. Like no, I don't have. Yeah, I have a oh, driver. Yeah. I know, right? <laughs> My driver takes them to school. I don't know what you ladies do. Worry about. Just have your driver do it. Driver, along with your maid and your butler and oh uh, yes yes the chores chores, wink wink problem yes the chores wink wink the chores i require that the children you know i don't know straighten up for the maid (laughs) right Mm. no but i like how you not that we don't have somebody that you know that cleans the bathrooms Oh yeah, yeah. we, we yeah. should all oh. own that. We a lot of us do have that, or at least we do when it's not COVID. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's all very complicated. But anyway, the driver is a teenager, and the driver does the shrieking at her younger siblings because the the particular teenager who drives, um, the the oldest in the house right now, is w- was always the one who wanted to be on time. Like this is oh. the one, it, the one in the book who's like massively stressed about whether or not we're going to be on time. So she does the shouting now uh, okay and her younger siblings is afraid of her and the other one <laughs> is really would just like to thwart her but also doesn't want to be late <laughs> for school so she's really constantly battling that so we're we have a inner it's mornings are always going to be something do you always do you like get to step back and like see their dynamic and you're like oh this is her this is like so funny as you're <laughs> sipping your coffee in the kitchen yeah <laughs> well wonder what's gonna happen next Hey all, it is Joanne and Bree here and we want to tell you about a podcast that you should check out. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Uturbe and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. And in this latest season of Understood Explains, it covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP and it busts common myths about special education. We actually just listened to the episode, IEPs, Does My Child Need an IEP? And here is what we loved about it. I loved that it was so digestible. Like it was such a short episode and all of the topics, which could be really confusing to parents, were easily explained. And I loved how they gave great concrete examples because you know how much I love me a good example. They explained what kind of services and supports you could actually see on a child's IEP or individual education plan. And they explained those acronyms that nothing drives me more crazy than when there's acronyms and I don't get it. I don't know what it stands for. They took the time to explain everything in so much detail and to cover concerns that a lot of families have about special ed services. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains, or just click on the link in our show notes. You have probably heard me talk about my dog, Addie, before. And when we first got her, we didn't know that she was a counter surfer. Now, counter surfing animals are the ones who jump on counters, especially kitchen counters, when you're not looking and take stuff off of them. Well, in this instance, Addie had jumped onto the kitchen counter and 
eaten an entire bottle of my other dog's pain medication. You can imagine the freak out that ensued from me. So imagine this. You're at the vet's office again, knowing that vet care costs continue to rise. You're anxiously waiting to hear how expensive the bill will be. But If you had pet insurance, your pet could be covered for accidents or illnesses. That's why you should check out ASPCA Pet Health Insurance. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program offers customizable accident and illness plans, making it easier for pet parents like you to help your pet get the care that they may need. They allow you to customize the plan, helping ensure that your pet's plan is as unique as they are. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program has been around for over 18 years, and they've helped more than 600,000 pets during that time. Because vet bills can really add up, especially when you're least expecting it. It's simple. Use their app to submit a claim and you'll receive reimbursement for eligible vet bills directly into your bank account. To explore coverage, visit ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash no guilt. That's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash no guilt. Again, that's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash no guilt. This is a paid advertisement. Insurance is underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by PTZ Insurance Agency Limited. The ASPCA is not an insurer and is not engaged in the business of insurance. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We make a a personal point of just trying not to say anything as they stomp in shrieking, you know, she wasn't even up. I went to her room and she said she was up and she wasn't even up. And you're like, yeah, yeah. Sounds familiar. Oh, wait. Oh, look, look, there's a muffin. I don't know what to say to you. So yeah, we try to say as little as possible. See, though, that I think that is a great parenting tactic right there when we say as little as possible because our kids tend to tune us out if we talk too much. And I found that usually if I say as little as possible, they figure out whatever their complaint is on their own. Like, have you seen that happen? Yes, well, this, that particular uh, interaction, the, the you know, I had to get you up and you weren't even awake and now we're going to be late and all that stuff. It's going to resolve itself whether I say something or not. And when I do say something, it just makes, it just tangles everything up worse. Because now, I, and this right. is, uh, this is, it's the same thing that is in the siblings chapter about younger children. Um, and it took me forever to learn, just to, just to lay it out there. Like, I was always like, well, yeah, it's terrible that you didn't get up. I mean, you know, obviously you should have been up and then that child would be like, well, you know, she came in the bed and poured water on me. That didn't happen. But, you know, I was like, oh, well, that's terrible too. And I was sort of constantly coming in on one side or another. And it took me, um, that was the hardest part of the book, honestly. And the, the most research and the most experts that I had to talk to and the most other parents that I had to talk to to get to a point where I sort of figured out, felt like I had even the faintest handle on the sibling interactions mm-hmm. and the, the fighting, honestly. Um, so to learn to just basically never take sides, no matter how obvious it seems like who is at fault, that, that was a real, that was a great moment for my parenting. My, when, my partner would still run in every so often and be like, but, 
but she called her fat. And isn't that the one thing? Like, you can't say fat, right? Because then they're going to become anorexic and bulimic and all. And I was like, no, no, in our family, that's okay. Like, in some, some, for some kids, that would be a huge thing. For your daughters, happily, it, they both know that they're not fat. So it's like she called her blue. It is fine. Um, yeah. uh, you know. Was well, there that, a particular moment when you, like, felt that you had that handle on the sibling drama? Like, is there a story that you can recall that we're like, oh, you were you had a moment and you're like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I got this. I, I have mostly stories where I didn't react differently. <laughs> <laughs> All the times that I did take sides. The, there's the one in the book where the one child who wants to be on time all the time also wanted, she wanted time in the bathroom alone. Mm. And the <gasps> other child, that. the other child, um, like I said, just wants to thwart her sister. That's it. That's her whole goal in life, flat out. Like if, if there's an employment to be gained in thwarting sisters, that's where she's heading. And so literally the first child, who's also a natural, um, and she's a morning person, she gets up, you know, get up at 4.30 to, to, head down to the barn, no problem. Get up at, at you know, five o'clock to make sure everybody's got pajamas for pajama day. Yeah, I'm on it. Like, and I am so not like that, but she's just, she goes to bed really early. She gets up really early. This is her MO. And so she had set her alarm so that she could get up and get in the shower at, you know, uh, 5.15. And the other daughter literally set an alarm for 5.14, got up, slammed it shut, ran into the bathroom, slammed the door and locked it <laughs> there's only one bathroom I remember that bed. story <laughs> that is some good sister thwarting I mean, right and there we woke up to it sounded like the house had been hit by a hurricane oh. like just screams <laughs> and thunks and thuds and yeah yeah good times good time. <laughs> oh my god see gosh. doesn't it seem it feels really obvious in that situation that the child who set the alarm is really kind of the wrong doer right the second the 514 run right in the bathroom just it holds you out but mm-hmm. you know there was there was always another side to it which was that that child really um wanted to be included more with her sister and and wanted really she just wanted her sister to talk to her about how they were going to work out the the shower thing and how they were going to figure out who was going to do what so you know when I sided with the older child that just made the younger child feel even more Mm -hmm. left out and you know like like nothing was you know she just (laughs) she couldn't do anything right which then she just seized on that and ran with it for a while so that's a really good point. Like I see that dynamic play out a lot with my two kids. Like same with my two. Yeah. My younger, my younger son will do things to thwart his sister. And it's usually the reasons exactly what you said. Like he just just wants to be included. He loves her so much. Yeah. And then she looks at him and she's like, he doesn't like me. He always does all this stuff to me. Yep. Exactly <laughs> conversation between my yeah. son and my daughter. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's funny because I have a younger sister, seven years younger, and I'm brought back uh, to my childhood when my parents were telling me, you don't understand. She likes you. And now I see it. in my kids. <laughs> Well, right now the younger daughter spends a lot of time telling the older daughter why she prefers my older son who's at college. So <laughs> that's, he's the good. Yeah. He's always the good one. So there was one afternoon when they came we came home from school and they fought the whole way home from school and they fought the whole way into the house and I had just you know I must have I'd probably just done some of this research and also I just had nothing to say anymore so I do remember sort of just shutting myself down and refusing 
I just wasn't going to go in. And, you know, there, honestly, there was hitting, there was, there was, there was totally stuff that you could justify taking a side on and not taking a side on. And I just went in my room and shut the door because I was just done. And literally 20 minutes later, they were baking cookies. (laughs) I was so angry too, because they're baking cookies and I'm like, I'm still at a 10 on the stress and stress scale and they're baking cookies. Give me the cookies. Right? You're all like, all I got to say here is those are my cookies. (laughs) Yeah. You better give me like most of those cookies. (laughs) Bring them over here. That's that's like the biggest mom tax ever. That is a huge mom tax. You have no idea. I have three new gray hairs just from that argument alone. Oh yeah. (laughs) I think I I took a lot of mom tax this past weekend because we're recording this November 3rd. And Halloween, I took all the Halloween candy mom tax. I took them all. <laughs> Every time I would go into their drawer and I'd be like, mom tax. <laughs> yep. No, I, so I love that story, first of all, because a lot of times when people read parenting books, they think that it's written by an expert or something, someone who has parenting completely down. And what we're seeing like over and over again is that most people who write parenting books like yourself Uh, you're kind of looking for these areas that you can improve in your own life and like your life and your parenting improves through the course of writing this book because you're researching everything and you're trying these new tactics. So it's just so encouraging to like everyone else out there who are like, okay, not people do not have this parenting thing down. Everyone is learning along the way. Well, okay. That's what I was going to throw in there is that I do feel like in, in all of these books, and you said this repeatedly in your book and I, and I love it. I just, it made me kind of throw my hands up. Yes. Yes. Hallelujah. You kept repeatedly like, okay, there's this idea, this idea, this idea, but in the end you do what works for you and for your family. Mm -hmm. And that's what you hear across the board with all, there's all these different parenting techniques, but every single book and researcher we've spoken to, I feel like that's the underlining story at the end of it. Like Mm -hmm. you need to find whatever it is that makes that connection in your family. And then you move forward with that. Right. I mean, you can even probably look at your own kids and see examples of that. Uh, you know, obviously with that kid who gets up naturally early, um, you know, extra time to sleep in would not be a reward or, or whatever. But with the, the kid who just can't get themselves out of bed, then to say, you know, if, if you can do X, then I won't wake you in the morning. That, that is huge. It's just, it's, it's all kind of the same thing. Some things, there's nothing wrong with more sleep is a reward, but it's only going to work on the kid who wants it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Everyone has their different personalities and you kind of have to match your parenting to that. Plus we all have our own like really cool interests. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, I have this one friend who's just an amazing traveler. She's in the book probably. Uh, she's definitely in the book. And, you know, so she's raising her kids and she's taking her kids to spend a year in Spain and she's taking her kids to, you know, work on a library in the Dominican Republic. Not, not now because, <laughs> but you know, to, to work in a library in the Dominican Republic and she's taking her kids to, you know, all summer on a boat, boating around the, I'm not that person. Like I'm just not. And mm-hmm. I, there's, I can't raise my kid. It'd be really super cool to raise your kids as, you know, uh, circus trapeze artists, but unless you're already <laughs> a circus trapeze artist, you're probably not going to go there. So I think it's really important to find, try to, you know, just to be aware of what it is that you are and what it is that you do that other people look at and go, Oh, look, she, you know, she bakes with her kids every weekend or, Hey, you know, they're constantly shooting baskets in their in their driveway. That's so cool. I wish my family shot baskets together. Um, there's, everybody's got something. 
Shout out to Clarendon for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Hey guys, Bree here. And let me tell you, April is a killer time of the year for me because it is crazy allergy season. I swear, everything that is in bloom looks fantastic and beautiful, but it makes it so I can't breathe. I am literally coughing, sneezing, rubbing my nose. I look like Rudolph half of the spring. It's terrible. But luckily for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies like I do, we live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can finally breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine is the best decongestant available. It relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy, watery eyes, itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. I absolutely love it. It is the only allergy medicine that works for me. So if you're ready to live life as if you don't have allergies, it's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just one quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wannabe Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and, more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests, too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. Right. There's, Everyone does they, got something, yeah. There's that one family, all the, it was three boys and they're all massively successful. And one's a politician and one's Ari the Uber agent. And I don't remember who the other one was, but you know what the thing was that they do? With the thing what? that they did every night at, at dinner that everyone did, they argued. They argue. I believe <laughs> they had it. Massive, massive, huge arguments, shouting arguments over each other, apparently, every single night. And that was their family thing. And, you know, look at them. They're all, they're, all three of them are like enormously successful arguers. Now. It's a very, so, <laughs> and, they don't, and they don't hate each other. Wow. <laughs> imagine that. that right? It's an interesting story you bring up because I used to work in the television industry and my first job was at Ari Emanuel's agency oh. at Endeavor. <laughs> and so I knew him. And like, uh, he was one of those people, like we all like worried about getting stuck in the elevator with him because he was so intense, so intense. (laughs) (laughs) He was going to like drill us and like ask us all these questions as assistants. But yeah, that's funny you bring up the Emanuels. (laughs) They're all super successful. They're all uber successful. But if you read them talking about their childhood, that's the thing they say they remember are these massive fights around the dinner table. And I just think we should all be deeply reassured (laughs) by that. Because if if massive fights are what we're looking for to raise successful children. I know, right? Then hey, hey, there's hope. There is yeah, hope. No, but like <laughs> I like how you say with the fights because this brings into this is kind of a segue. But as a child, as like being raised as you know a girl, I was told like not to interrupt, not to be bossy, and so I never quite learned how to do that fight at home. Like 
every time the sibling fights came up, it was like, Hey, like, no, we don't fight. We don't do that. And you just become afraid of conflict. So Mm -hmm. I feel like with the Emanuels in that culture and kind of, we have to look at the gender roles as well in that because girls should be encouraged to fight Mm -hmm. just as much as men should. And my sister who is always very, very argumentative <laughs> and, and still is. But you love her. I love her so much. <laughs> and I feel like she is such a strong woman because she's not afraid to go there. Like she's not afraid. Yeah. Yeah. It really, you know, it can be a strength. It absolutely can be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think fighting could be a strength. I want to learn how to fight a little bit better and not back. I up. wish <laughs> that I, I, I too am not super great at conflict. I actually am an only child. So I did not grow up with the fights in the house at all. So figuring out how to deal with them, I think was even sort of another level of difficult for me because it did always seem like there is no, it it still kind of boggles my mind, even when I argue with, and certainly, you know, there's, there's no lack of children shrieking, I hate you, you've ruined everything in my life. And it's sort of, it still kind of amazes me that that'll happen. And then 30 minutes later, it'll be like, yo, you want a grilled cheese sandwich? Yeah. Yeah. I'd love a grilled cheese sandwich. Okay. You know, like, it just, it, it, it still amazes me that you, that, that everything just does drop back to normal, I guess, right. because I too, I don't know. I grew up in a house where there was a lot of fighting, but I didn't, and it dropped back to normal. It was, it, it was all fine in the end, but I don't know. Didn't, it didn't take, I still fear, fear conflict. And it's that's like I feel like a drawback to fear conflict too. Mm -hmm. Like every time conflict comes up, oh my gosh! Like we had, I had this situation lately with an accountant, and I could not like think straight. Like days leading up to this call where I had to confront them on something, and like your head gets all like hazy and your heart starts beating hard. Mm -hmm. And I mean that's just like a result of not being comfortable with conflict. It's true. So sibling All right, so good thing. Encourage your children to fight more. Yeah, that's 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 our our, our point one of the podcast. Fight is a point. But fight fair. Fight fair. Fight fair. Fight fair. That's and the, the girls thing. get to do as much yelling as they want. Which yes. thank goodness because that's you what just have to outwit your. You just have to outwit your siblings. That's all it really yes. comes down to. I think it's really knowing how to advocate for yourself too. In addition to the fighting. In our house, the girls are the terrorists and the boys are the peacemakers. So it's uh, really oh, absolutely. I, That's that is our constant each. joke is that we are we are raising two terrorists and two hostage negotiators. Uh, <laughs> I like that. There you go. They can go tear up the place and make some change in the world. Um, well, you have a new book coming out in December. I do. Yes. In December. Tell us about that book. So I've, I've undergone a total shift. I'm still writing essays and, and things for the New York Times occasionally, but I have, I'm, I've gone over to fiction. There's only so much you can say about your teenagers before they get really upset. So, um, so I'll just pretend these are not real. No, there are no children. Any children were harmed in the writing of my novel. So yeah, so I... I wrote my first novel. It's called The Chicken Sisters. I'm super excited about it. It's about two sisters who were raised in a small town in Kansas. One stays, one leaves. They have an ongoing fight about who made the better life choices. And it all comes out uh, when they get drafted into a reality television competition between the two fried chicken restaurants in their town. So it's, it's fun and funny, but it is also, I sort of realized after reading it and thinking about it, it kind of all comes back to this same theme 
of it actually being quite difficult sometimes to figure out what it is that makes us happy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as parents, sometimes, you know, even if you sort of had all the choices in the world, you're not in, it's not entirely clear. Like, well, I don't, I, I don't know what would make me happy. I don't have that many, I don't feel like I have all the, those options and I don't feel like I have control over that. Um, and even when you do have control, you end up, like my characters did, really confused about whether, you know, moving out of your small town is going to make you happy or, or going back to your small town or staying with your partner or not staying with your partner or, or you know, trying a, a different career or not trying a different career. So that was a big part of the book. And, you know, another piece of it is also something that we talked about here, which is, uh, um, you know, valuing your own contribute, you know, valuing the life that you have and that you've created over the ones that you're seeing on social media. That is a mm-hmm. huge theme in the book. Anyway, I had a lot of fun writing about it, it, writing it. And I'm so excited to have it finally come out. It got delayed because COVID. That's because the fourth time I've used that phrase in this podcast because you can't not. It it's gonna be an everlasting impact. Because I mean, there's perfect. just yeah, yeah. Because 2020 hashtag because 2020. 2020. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was a uh, there was something funny actually I saw on social media of uh, the idea of using 2020 as like a new swear word. So you just like replace it. Like, <laughs> oh, I know, right? Ah, 2020. 2020. <laughs> I'm gonna start doing that. I like it. I, yeah, I think that's a good. I, I think, think that is definitely something we need to start as a trend. Oh, 2020. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Now you also have a podcast. Uh, tell us about your podcast. Yes, our podcast is called Hashtag Am Writing. I've got two ho- co-hosts, my co-host Jessica Leahy, um, who I think you guys know. She's a, She's been yeah. on the podcast. We love <laughs> exactly. her. And our other so- co-host is Serena Bowen. She's a multiple-time best-selling romance author, Endy published. She's got 35 books. They are awesome and amazing and super distracting, I might add. So if you're thinking you need a little something to listen to during this month that is not the news, Serena Bowen's romances are a great way to go. I will, I will definitely check that out. I need something super distracting. Well, thank you so, so much for coming on. We have so enjoyed this and I know our listeners will appreciate your views on like what makes a happy parent and finding your own thing that makes you happy rather than comparing it to social media. And of course, let those siblings fight. I know, right? (laughs) Who knows? Who knows what life skills and amazing things are going to accomplish from it? Yes, exactly. (laughs) Well, thanks for having me. This was really fun. So KJ, she was so fun to talk to. I know. I know. I just, again, I can't get over how real she is. Like when you talk to her and she gives her stories, you're like, oh my goodness, I had one just like that. Or I totally understand where she's coming from and what she's talking about. I totally agree. And I loved her sibling story about when she found her girls like fighting that one day after school and she just couldn't take it anymore. And she shut herself in her room. And then 20 minutes later, she found the girls downstairs baking cookies with each other. Yeah, I know. It's crazy like that, isn't it? Like sometimes you're just, why can't you listen when I tell you to love each other? But no, they got to do it on their own, right? They do got to do it on their own. And I think it's like such an important lesson for parents to show us that, hey, we don't need to be involved in coaching our kids through everything. It's actually better for them to figure out their own solutions to their problems sometimes than to us have to like be the referee. 
Yeah. No, it's very important. It's kind of funny because, you know, your brain takes those past experiences and that's what it bases um, your knowledge on. So if you don't have enough of those situations where things are going pretty awry, kids are fighting, like the world is coming to an end, you step aside and they figure out that answer. It's hard to remember that that actually happens. It is hard to remember that it actually happens, but... I don't know. I, maybe I need to start making like a list or something, putting like a post-it <laughs> on my bathroom mirror that says like, remember that your kids were able to successfully navigate a fight last week, this week, whatever. So that way I can remember it every day when I wake up. Every day, every day that we don't need to insert ourselves because I know that when my kids are fighting, oh my gosh, like my throat closes up and I'm like, oh, like I just want the like drama and the conflict to stop right in that moment. Right. And if you're listening right now and you think the same thing, like we go in as moms and we we try to stop it. Because we think we're super mom and that that's our job. Because well, somewhat of society thinks it is, right? It does. Society does think it is. They kind of put a lot of pressure on us that we're supposed to fix it all, people. And guess what? I, I, it's I've not our case, job. But I am not super mom. Mom <laughs> should not need to fix it all. Like mom, yeah. it should not be that way. It is not all on us. And in fact, when we step back and kind of like are there to guide our kids, I think that we get better outcomes. Well, that's when we do become super because Mm -hmm. we're helping them build those life skills. Yes. It's so hard when you're in the moment. And I think that, you know, if you're having a hard time getting that, like think for those who have kids that are, let's say, school age and older, think back to when your child was an infant and you weren't getting your sleep through the night and you you have to bathe them, you have to feed them, you have to do everything for them. And it seems like it's never ending when you're in it. Mm -hmm. And then flash forward to school age kids, They're feeding themselves. Mm -hmm. They're getting dressed by themselves. They may not take the best showers by themselves, but they can do it, right? Like, so it's really hard when you're in it, but I promise you, I promise you it gets better and you see the progress over time. Yes, it does get better when we step back and just, just watch. Yeah. And let them take over more. Let the kids take over more. So if you're like me and you like comedy and you like somebody that you can relate to, you definitely have to read KJ's book, How to Be a Happier Parent. It's amazing. And I cannot wait to dive into the Chicken Sisters. I being can't from wait the, either. Being from the Midwest. Yeah. Granted, I'm not from Kansas. I'm from <laughs> Missouri, but we are next door neighbors. I, I just, I am so excited to read that book. So I just, I, I'm, I'm giddy with excitement here. Yeah. So, hey, while you're here, if you haven't yet subscribed to the No Guilt Mom podcast, can you hit that subscribe button? That way you get me and Brie in your podcast folder every time a new episode comes out, which are Tuesdays and Thursdays. And if you have another quick second, we would really appreciate you to rate and review us like five stars. We hope that we've deserved that. Uh, And let's read a review, Brie. Yes, we have a great one here from... Um, I believe it is uh, possibly a, a friend of our show that's yes. been on a couple of times. Yes. Dr. Z, we have a fun, smart, informative review. Joanne and Brie are a dynamic duo. They are fun, funny, and smart. This podcast will give us listeners great tips, advice, and a nice little break from our everyday lives. I love that. We want to give a nice little break to your everyday life. And we hope we do. And, yes. and I and I hope you enjoy our dynamic duo. Yes. I always tell everybody, like, we're a fun group of gals. We, group, like, there's more than two of us, but still. We hope we bring the fun in your in your ears. That's not a good tagline. We hope we bring the fun in your ears. We hope we make your ears part. 
party. No, I don't know. Like but hopefully, here's a party. I know. No. I know. Hopefully you have as much fun listening to us as, as we, we have doing this together and bringing the podcast to yeah. you. So thank you. Thank you so much, Dr. Zegler. Appreciate it so much. Love, love, love your podcast as well. If you haven't yes. heard hers, definitely do that one. Not until next time. The best mom is a happy mom. Take care of you. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent with sometimes hilarious and always thought provoking experts and friends at Mindful Mama. We know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast.